0: This is Sean Mandoli and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at my Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. All right. All right. You guys ready to get into the Bible? Let's get into the word of God. Hallelujah. We were born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Come on, somebody. All right. I got people making fun of me all the time. Some of the team are always saying, come on, somebody. They're like, come on. Look at your neighbor and say, come on, somebody. Somebody. Come on now. Don't leave me hanging up here all by myself. All right. Come on, somebody. All right. Matthew chapter nine, compassion unleashed. Uh, the Christ in you, the compassion of God inside of you, he desires to be released through you, all right? And so we're, we're just in the middle of this series, Compassion Leads, leading up to Easter weekend, and just who are those people in your world that you can show some compassion to, all right? Has anybody out there ever ever experienced compassion from somebody that you didn't deserve it, but they were helping you? Right? Okay. Maybe two people are honest in here. That's fine. I get it. I understand. Or maybe you are the one showing somebody else some compassion. And so we're just going to look at this a little more. And once again, actually, if you've got the app, open the app, go to sermons, and you can go to my notes, and you, you can look at the notes there, and it's actually a fill-in-the-blank. I know, I'm excited about it. But it's a little, you go to sermons there, uh, pop open um, where it says sermons. Actually, the Bible app is in there. Um, the podcasts are in there as well. But you go to sermon notes, and right here, um, this it tells you what scripture to, to open up and see. So has anybody got the app open? What scripture are we going to start with? Matthew 9. Thank you. My wife is actually um, participating here this morning, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so once again, just go ahead and open that and then I'll give you the, the fill in the blanks as we do the points here. Hallelujah. This is fun. All right. All right. Somebody say awesome. Any note takers out there, anybody out there, you're like, you know what? I graduated, but I'm not a good note taker. It's okay. Raise your hand. Yeah. Some people are like, yeah, that's me. I, I'm smart. I don't need to take notes, right? No, but any note takers out there, you're like, man, I'm all about the notes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. For taking notes. Okay, here we go. Let's jump into the word. I'm going to open us up in prayer once again. Matthew chapter nine, verse nine to thirteen. That's our main text for, for this morning. I'm um, so good to see everybody here today. Anybody, just glad to just be in church, man. You got anybody glad you got a church family? Yeah. Even the people like that get on your nerves sometimes. You're like, man, I'm just glad I got a family, even though they get on my nerves sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Thank. Honestly. All right. So good to see everybody here. I'm so thankful to have a church community. Amen. I, I'm thankful. I don't know what I would do without um, the local church community. I really don't know where I would be if I did not have a local church community when I first got saved. When I, I mean, I didn't come from church. So when I came into church, I was like, wow, this literally for me personally, church is family. Because um, when I got saved, I was the only one saved in my house as a 17-year-old. So, and I, I do love my biological family, but honestly, since the age of 17 on, the real family that has helped me with my journey with God has literally been a local church. Yeah. And so so local church is so powerful and it's sacred, people. I'm telling you right now, I know I'm about to pray, but just, let I got the microphone, okay? No, but really... Is the, the gathering of the saints is sacred. Why is it? Even Jen said this when she was up there. That God responds when we come together. Red, yellow, black, and white. We got hueros. Hueritos. Everybody. La gente. La familia. <laughs> Deacon John is Samoan, and he said it with a Hispanic accent. He said, amen. Uh, see, he, Deacon, you know, he's hanging out with some Hispanics. It's good for him. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Uh, no, but there is something. I mean, uh, the gathering, I, as much as we like podcasts and all that, like there is something sacred when the body comes together to worship. God loves it. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you uh, for the compassion you've showed us. I just pray for for revelation and life to flow. I pray that I don't speak from the outer court or the inner court. I pray that I speak from the holy of holies. I pray that I don't, by your spirit, don't just serve milk or bread. but But I pray, God, that I'm able, by your grace, to serve meat. Lord, we didn't come for milk. We didn't come for just some nice bread. We came for some meat so we can be sustained and grow and mature. Lord, we didn't just come to have church. We came so that heaven could challenge our current condition and propel us forward. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Open up your Bibles, Matthew chapter 9 or your app, app, Bible app, all that good stuff. Matthew 9, here we go. Verse 9, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. All right, and he said to him, follow me. So he rose and followed him. We're talking about compassion. I'm here to tell you right now, God will call whomever he wills from anywhere he pleases. He will call anybody from wherever. He's not. He doesn't care. I'm here to tell you right now, God does not care. You don't need to come from some perfect little cute environment for God to touch you and call you. Actually, I just I think God has a habit of calling according to Scripture the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has a habit of getting the the um, the broke, busted, and disgusted people and bringing them into the kingdom. He, he has a habit of of calling people that used to kill people and bring and make them preachers. Somebody say Amen. Don't don't be scared. I never killed anybody. But God has a habit of calling people that presumably according to society standards are outcast, forgotten and 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 broken. And God I mean just all looked, all not many wise were called. Uh, but but he's chosen the foolish. And so he he's walking by a tax office. These guys were criminals back then. If you, if you work for the IRS, I, no offense, but these people were criminal. They weren't they were right. You know what I'm saying? Anybody, I mean, who in here is excited if the IRS comes? Now, nobody's like, IRS, like, even the president is scared of the IRS. <laughs> for real. I don't want no IRS calling me. And then you got those, you, anybody ever get one of those phone calls or texts from some scam and they're saying the IRS? Yeah. I'm like, you want not the IRS. Here, no, stop that. Where are you at? I was like questioning them. I was like, no, the office is in Utah, right? And they're like, no, we got one in Washington, D.C. I was like, no, you don't. Stop that. Stop. Trying to collect, you know, stop that. Why, why can they do that? Why can people fear those, those people, man? The IRS, this old Jesus is walking by the present day IRS, but they were criminals stealing, robbing and stealing. And Jesus walks by this place uh, that well, he didn't, it wasn't the temple. It wasn't the synagogue. What is the Messiah, a rabbi, walking by a worldly environment and saying, oh, you, come follow me. Somebody say compassion unleashed. God will call whomever he wills from anywhere he pleases. Verse 10, now it happened as Jesus sat at, and then he goes and sits at the table, pulls up sits at the table, starts eating, having a little kebab. Come on, somebody. Little lamb. You know what I'm saying? Little Mediterranean salad or something in there. I don't know. (laughs) Now it happened. Now this is a rabbi. They ain't supposed to do this. Jesus breaking the rules from the jump. Matthew, a tax collector, He sat at the table in the house that behold many tax collectors and sinners. Oh, no. What is Jesus doing? Sitting with sinners, having a meal. And meal—it was a sacred thing. Like you know, to, to have a meal with somebody, to invite them into your into your house, to sit with them—that was something. That was intimate. That's why the Bible correlates that a meal with, with Jesus in the Book of Revelation says, "You know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door and hears my voice, I will come in." them and sup with them and then with me it's a it is intimate it is these are my boys hanging out with them he came and sat down the sinners and tax collectors came and sat down with him and his disciples could you imagine what is going on here verse 11 and when the pharisees saw it they said to his disciples why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners This is my first point. Compassion, and I got the fill in the blank for you people if you're in the app. yeah, Somebody say uh, amen. Amen. Compassion is controversial. It sure is. And this is the thing. Compassion will sit with somebody before they get it right. Jesus, look at, he didn't disciple this dude. He did not train this guy. He was not white. He stayed with him for for his early ministry. The whole time, Matthew stuck through it, right? He sat down with tax collectors before they got to a certain place. I mean, it was at the point of the call of God. Jesus walks into the tax office and sits with criminals. What's up, y'all? Just hanging out. How y'all doing? Somebody say compassion unleashed. And this is the thing, who in our world are we willing to sit with when they're still acting a fool? Mm, Jesus. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 9, verse 15. For he says to Moses, You can write it down if you're taking notes. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I have mercy. Ain't none of your business. Look, God touched me in my worst. Touched me, came to me, sat with me, came into my bedroom as a 17-year-old, and I was messed up, but he touched me, sat with me. I have people, I am here today. I'm telling you right now, I'm not here um, for any other reason than a local church sat with a pothead, knucklehead little kid. When I was still jacked up, coming into youth group, bloodshot eyes. And it wasn't allergies. Yeah. That's what I would tell them. Oh yeah, you know, it's, it's the pollen. It was like, you know, December. Where I? <laughs> forgot to put the Visine in. Somebody say, man. Somebody, come on, somebody. You know what I'm Compassion. They were willing to get messy. They, they were willing to get, they were, uh, these mentors in my life came to my life when I was still a knucklehead, Say, hey, why don't you come, come hang out and come get some coffee with us. Well, I, wasn't, I wasn't anything special, didn't do anything good. But the compassion, they reached me, they reached me. They reached me. Much of my young adult life, I was still a knucklehead. And you can ask my wife, I still have knucklehead moments. I didn't ask for any amens on that one. For he says to Moses, I will listen, God, I'll have mercy on whomever. I'ma have mercy, none of your business. I'm gonna touch who I want. Come on, somebody. The Bible says he'll do whatever he pleases. And who are we to pick and choose who God touches? That's the thing. God will just touch somebody and just throw us off for a loop. Like, oh my goodness, God can do a miracle. Come on, somebody. I mean, God could do, do. A, I mean, you, you ever look at somebody and be like, "There is a God." <laughs> How, like, what? You uh, go to church now? Come on now, God. I will. Uh, I will have mercy on whomever I will. Whoever I will. None of y'all business. And I will have compassion. Somebody say compassion. I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. None of y'all business. Aren't you thankful he had compassion on you? People counted you out. People, I'm telling you, counted yourself out. Come on, you look at you are in church worshiping God in church community. You're like, man, I got a purpose now. I mean, I got something going on now. You were, you were, you were addicted, all jacked up, prideful, whatever it is. Pick your sin. We all got them. Came from something? My goodness. Compassion is controversial. It's not supposed to be cute. It's controversial. This is what Bob Goff said. Quote, Jesus spent his whole life engaging the people. Most of us have spent uh, our whole lives trying to avoid. Jesus will sit right in there with them. Get all comfortable. Roll up on a a woman at a well having all kind of man friends five to be exact and Jesus like what's up girl how you doing sat with her first and his disciples are like hey we're hungry he sat with this woman first that's all he did he was just there. He was just there. Here's my second point. Compassion, if you're, if you're doing the fill in the blank, here we go. Compassion is a healer. Number one, compassion is controversial, but compassion is a healer. Verse 12, Matthew chapter 9, verse 12. When Jesus heard that, when they said, why does your teacher eat? Why does he eat with these people? Why, why is Sanctuary LA so loving and welcome to people no matter where they are? Why does, why does that pastor there always tell people, you come, you come. You come as you are. You get in here. There is no requirement at our front door. Why? He heard him say that. When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick. He was positioning himself as a doctor. Come on now, Dr. Jesus. He was like, man, these people are sick. Which, why do you think I'm here? Like, what, You know, I didn't come to call the righteous. He says those who are well have no need, have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Doctors aren't grossed out by your stuff. We talked about Dr. Pimple Popper last week. <laughs> Homegirl is into it. I don't know if you know what that is, but... You, you can look it up. I mean, that girl, she, that that she, she is into it. Well, Dr. Pimple Popper's into like, you know, getting rid of that stuff and squeezing stuff out. People, you ever seen? Come on, anybody raise your hand. Have you seen Dr. Pimple Popper? No. Well, okay. People, some of y'all are ashamed. Like, yeah, but don't. don't. But it's very intriguing. This doc, And she gets so excited about pushing pus out of somebody's shoulder. And it's like coming out, gelatinous gray mass just and the come on somebody now look at look at you're all grossed out look at Jesus sat up in your mess you had all kind of spiritual pus coming out of your attitude oh Jesus Jesus is the doctor stepped up into your world got all up into your garbage you over here in church now serving God got your husband but you was out there sleeping around oh nasty. come on somebody he was out there addicted and, and, and robbing and stealing and lying and gossiping. And Jesus is like, oh, I love you. Girl, come over here. All mess didn't wait for you to get it together. Back to Dr. Pimple Popper. So she's all up in there. She gets up. And now if you see this woman, she loves it. Why? Because of the result it produces even on an emotional level for those people. Because it affects them emotionally times, especially if you can see these things. And you know, and they and they go, and it just she she she's a doctor, doesn't bother her. She's found her purpose. To pop pimples. <laughs> My wife saw somebody post it on social media. My wife was like, what is that? Like, and then we found out, and now we watch it, we're like, hey, did we miss the episode? <laughs> But this woman is into that. Now, check it out. My wife, believe it or not, she, was, she did pre-med for the first year and a half of college. Dr. Crystal here. But, um, so in high school even, she would volunteer at hospitals and stuff. But um, one of the times, she goes in this room, and they're about to do surgery. So she, being an intern, is witnessing the, 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 the surgical work of the surgeon. And she walks up in there, and um, it was like a tumor. And they, they, she, they wanted her to witness all this. And so they're, they're pushing up against that tumor, and like stuff's like squirting out of it. And my wife got a little flush. And the doctor, the, the surgeon was like, you okay, girl? Like, you, need, you need to step out. My wife, yeah, she walks out right outside the room. And even the people, like she... She's black, but she turned white. And, and she walks out there, and the, the, they're like, are you okay? And then my wife couldn't even finish her sentence. She's just, mm. just and it's so funny because they said, you, you she, they told her that she totally like fell out like a princess, like super calm, just. I was like, that's right, girl, you are a princess. That's how you fall out. You fall out like a princess. But this is the thing, you know, she started to evaluate. Is this really what I'm called to do? And this is the thing, is that a, a, when 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 Jesus used that word physician, physicians don't, that the process doesn't bother them because they are there to create and heal and bring the result. Now my my wife, not called to be a doctor. She's brilliant, intelligent, could do it. But she walked up in there, and and then she said the smell of the room coupled with what the visual thing was. No, like, you know, she fell out. Holy Ghost got her. Bam. Right? Then she started seeing visions of me. You know what I'm saying? And then next thing you know, we got another one on the way. Somebody say compassion. Compassion. Come on, come on, come on. You guys, you, is a healer. Say it again. Say compassion is a healer. See, is the thing. If you're taking notes, compassion gets into the nitty-gritty of people's lives and issues. That is what compassion is. That is what a local church ought to be. It's not the only thing a local church ought to be, but a local church ought to have an element, a heart, a, that if this is a hospital. And I'm not tripping on your garbage because I have had plenty of it, and I'm still walking through some myself. Compassion is not compromise. Because when you position yourself as a doctor, you are there to help. You aren't there to compromise. You aren't there to sink into their sickness yourself. You are there as a doctor. You are positioned as a healer, as a helper. You are positioned to take them out. You are a professional. Look at your neighbor, tell them, say, I'm a professional. Look at, look at your neighbor and tell them, tell them, I know what I'm doing, right? Scalpel and all. I know you'll be all right. I got you. This thing is clean. You got the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Compassion is not compromise. Here it is. Compromise enables. Compassion empowers. All right? I'm going to say it again. Compromise enables. Compassion empowers. Here's another one. Religion... Religious mindset towards people. Religion judges people because of their sin. Compassion loves people because of sin's effect on them. Mm Mm-hmm. Come on, church people, say, Mm mm-hmm. Religion judges people because of their sinful condition. Compassion loves people because of sin's effect on them. Your sin doesn't bother me. It's what it's doing to you that breaks my heart. It does bother me, you get what I'm saying, but I'm not going to look at your condition and judge you in it. I am here as a physician. What doctor would be a good doctor if you showed up and they're like, "Man, what's wrong with you?" Yeah. Like you're you got the sniffles again? Get out of here. You didn't do what I said. You didn't take you didn't take the medication. Get out. Of here. Get out of here. What We we could we could get that person fired for that behavior. How many Christians ought to be fired for judgmental behavior? Go to the doctor. Oh, you want stitches now? Blood coming down your face? Was it your it was your fault, wasn't it? Even if it was, the doctor's not sitting there going, "I cannot believe you got in a fight, you idiot." Get out of my office. Go somewhere else. Go to some other hospital. Go to some other hospital where they love people. Religion is hardness of heart. Compassion is a broken heart. It's different. The approach is different. Verse 13. Matthew chapter 9 verse 13. But go and learn what this means. This is Jesus talking. I desire mercy. This is an Old Testament scripture that he is referencing and he's talking to learned people, religiously learned people. He's like, look, y'all need to learn something. They were learned or supposedly religiously learned, knew, knew the scripture. Actually, these people have this thing memorized. They sing it by memory. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I did not, here it is, I did not come to call the righteous. But sinners to repentance. I desire mercy. I desire mercy, a readiness to help those. This is what the Greek, the Greek means for mercy it's a readiness to help those in trouble and the desire to relieve them. A physician's approach. If sin is the sickness, I'm looking at a bunch of doctors right now. If sin is the problem, and at the end of the day, sin is the problem. But you have the cure. The blood of Jesus. The love of God. Jesus told these religious people, I desire mercy. What was he saying? Once again, it's I desire my people to have a readiness to help those in trouble. And the desire to relieve them from their pain. I did not come to call the righteous. Jesus like, look, I didn't come to the earth. I did not leave heaven so I could get around a bunch of religious people and let's talk about how good we are. Jesus left everything, put our skin on him, not to gather a bunch of religious people, to, to make them feel like they're special because they don't sin like those out there. That's what he said. I did not come this is Jesus our Savior. I did, I did not come here to call people that are living right, supposedly, doing it right, being correct, but sinners. I came to call sinners. What who? That's everybody. I came to call sinners. How about that? I came to call sinners that would be real about their sin. Be real about their condition. Be honest about where they are. Take the mask off. I came to call, 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 call sinners. What is God's number one priority? What is his number one focus for calling somebody? Check number one. Are they a sinner? Oh, you're called. I I have issues. Called. Jesus came for you. I'm addicted to crack cocaine. Not me. I'm just saying. as an example. You. You're called. I I haven't done everything. I've been unfaithful. Called. The invitation. Levels of play. I came to call sinners. Not condemn. I didn't come to the world to condemn them. Came to the world to save them call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Loving people ought to be our top priority. It's one of our core values. Love people. Love people. Love people. Love people. I love, um, the Mendez, um, uh, we, we are involved there as a church, as a connect group, but there's teachers and, and people that work there, a part of our church, that are heavily involved in reaching teenagers there. I got an email from, um, one of the counselors there that's a part of our community just saying, how can we continue to reach these kids while we're on our connect group break? Like, can we do it? Can we send an email? Can we uh, just just calling them, reaching them? They the, the, the last connect group at Mendez was like quadruple the normal size. Why? Because they serve pizza. Huh? Come on, let's hang out. Once a, come on. So I got saved because of a skateboard ramp in a church. I would never go into a church without a skateboard ramp in it, and it was hard to get to that skateboard ramp because it was in a church, but it says, I'm going to give these weird people a chance. <laughs> what a brilliant idea. Serve pizza. Kids show up. You're called. Come to Jesus. Want some pizza too? Why does it got to be so spiritual? Easter, petting zoo, and pony rides. Who Yes, of course we're going to do a petting zoo. Yes. Of course we're going to have a pony ride. And I'm, I'm going to jump on one. Yes. On. No, I... do it. Yes. We're going to get Crystal Gale on a pony one of these days. Yes. <laughs> she sat. I'm just saying, babe, you know, compassion. You got to get in there. You got to sit with them on the pony. But call the, I didn't come to call the righteous. That's God's priority. Where does God start? With a sinner. Oh, I'll take you. Right where you are. How you are. With all the stuff you got going on. Oh yeah, come over here. Follow me. He wasn't like, okay, first let me get an interview. Matthew, I'm going to interview you first. How many people you rob from? Nope. Aren't you glad that God hired us, and there was no interview. Later on, when you walk with God, you'd be like, man, I should have done an interview. Because I don't, (laughs) he didn't tell me everything, you know. He's just like, follow me. You're like, yes, Lord, touch me. Then you get into it. You're like, oh, Lord, what did I get into here? Lord, help me. I need grace to do the thing. That you've called me to do, and maybe sometimes even as you're walking with God and obedient with God, sometimes the the endurance and the patience and the fight is just an indication that yeah, you need me, Sean, to do this. Just because you said yes once doesn't mean you need to say yes every day. Somebody say amen. amen. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. To repentance. To re- isn't this beautiful? He didn't say I didn't come to call the righteous. Okay, we're righteous, yay, righteous people. He said, No, but sinners, why? Two. I'm here to take a sinner and bring them to repentance. So God doesn't just call a sinner to keep you a sinner, He doesn't just call a sinner condition to keep, but He calls us to something. To bring us somewhere. Me as a father, um, I love to see when my kids kind of, you know, they kind of are developing. I'm I don't want them to stay the same. I I love when they learn a new word or they ask a question in a certain way. I'm like, wow. You know, I had my sister over my house this weekend and she was like, wow, Giovanna is like very well spoken. I'm like, really? Wow. You can thank Crystal Gelt for that. But just an objective, uh, th- like it was encouraging to hear, oh wow, my daughter's growing up. Like I- and so our Heavenly Father just doesn't want us to stay where we are. He says, I come to call sinners, conditioned to repentance. To somewhere. Repentance in the Greek, it just means a change of mind, a change on the inside. I'm going to call you where you are and how you are, but I'm going to take you where you're not. By my grace, we should never do things for God, people, void of a genuine, authentic love for people, ever. And just like this weekend, we're going to do our I Love My City event and and the 4th Street Projects. What are we going to do? We're going to get a bounce house and hand out Easter eggs with candy in them. And we're going to do a Bible story. Compassion is a healer. Compassion steps into your world and takes you to another one. That's what compassion does. It's It's my personal story. I am in a different world than what I grew up in. My, my sister came over. We grew up in a very crazy, had a very crazy childhood. A lot of abuse, drugs, all up in the house, police over the house. Like we lived in the suburbs, but the suburbs were scared of our house. We always had the cops over. And it was kind of a shameful thing. And as a kid, I'm like, dang, man, the kids are going to, my friends are going to be like, dude, why is a cop over there again? Uh, my grandma fell down. Like, that's what we'd say. We just find something that instead of so-and-so fighting and so drugs and stuff and that. So um, with my sister over, we don't see her too much. She lives up in um, Reno area. But even my wife was hearing her perspective of our childhood. Going, man, y'all came through some stuff. But there's the thing about compassion. God didn't just love me there to keep me there. He took me to a different world. Called out of darkness into his marvelous light. God is in the business of moving us. Abraham left his country to go to the promised land. Moses was a fugitive and and moved him into purpose. Joshua moved the children of Israel over the Jordan into the promised land. Gideon was hiding. God moved him to build an army. Every, Every encounter you have with God... The express purpose of your encounter with Jesus is to touch you on a deep level, intimately, number one. Number two, he's going to give you some orders. He's going to give you an assignment. He's going to move you somewhere. He wants to take you somewhere. He wants to give you an assignment. And and, and here's my last point here. As the worship team comes forward, compassion is, I'm saying this kind of unique here, but I'll explain. Compassion is a translator. We've been translated from darkness to light. Translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the son of his love. And he is taking you somewhere. You don't. We were in growth track today. I was talking and somebody was saying that they, they would always kind of look back at their past. And, and I, I don't advocate ever forgetting where you came from, but... But, but God's wanting to take you somewhere. He's wanting to move. We walk by faith. We don't backslide by faith. Come on, somebody. We don't backslide. I can't do it with these shoes on. I'm not going to try. But... But we are called to um, go into all the world. When he called Matthew, think about Matthew. Matthew's amazing. Why? Because there's not too much about Matthew in the Bible. All it just mentions when it mentions this story when he was called in his, in, in his sin and in, and with all his homies, and there Jesus hanging out with him. He's like, Come with me. And, and then he might be mentioned again when he sent him out to heal the sick and to cast out devils. And then it mentions Matthew on the day of Pentecost. That he was there when the Holy Spirit came. So Matthew is like this quiet warrior that was able to weather the storm and stay in the game when he can kind of sometimes come up like, wait, where's Matthew at? He wrote one of the one of the books. He wrote the, the gospel according to Matthew, he wrote one of the books. But his his narratives and scriptures relatively quiet, relatively on the down low. But then again, if you look in Acts, he was still there. And God took him somewhere. He took him from a tax office to begin the greatest move ever to happen. The birth of the local church. Matthew was there. Wow. Where does God want to take you? Where where does he want to take you? Where's God taking you? Where does God want to take you? Compassion steps into your world and takes you to another one. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. I'm almost finished. He has delivered us. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm delivered. This is what delivered means snatched up, snatched you up. When I met Crystal Gale, guess what I did? I delivered her. I snatched her up, delivered her from Canada. Come on, somebody. I snatched that one and said, Girl, come home with me. Come on, somebody. He has snatched, that's what it means. It may deliver means to snatch you up out of something. Take you up out. I think she delivered me. To pull to one, to deliver, to pull to oneself. Jesus has delivered you, uh, Liz. He has pulled you to himself. He that's what he does. He takes you up out and pulls you to himself. That's what delivered means. I'm delivered. I have been snatched up out of some stuff. Has anybody in here been snatched up out of anything? And he's pulled you to himself. Delivered just isn't that demons came out of you. That might be part of it. But it's that he has pulled you up out of something. Brought you to himself. It's a very intimate language. That's what God does. He pulls you to himself. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And conveyed or Translated or transferred, or removed, or moved us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Compassion is a translator. Compassion transfers you. This is what compassion does. Compassion unleashed. There are people in your world that God is calling you to be compassionate to them where they are, but to help take them from where they are. Where God is taking them. He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. David went from a field to a throne. Shepherd boy, translated. That God could take. I was abused, molested. Smoking weed, drinking beer, smoking cigarettes when I was six years old. Translated. And now some people call me Pastor Sean. Well, look at that. Translated. Translated. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the L.A. area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA, B. The last.